Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Uh, focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. I'm Ellen, and today we're talking to Daniel Parker. Daniel has OCD, dyspraxia, autism, and anxiety disorder. Today we're going to talk to him about what it's like to grow up with autism and how this affects his mental well-being. What I wanted to start off with is that autism isn't a mental condition, is it? No, it's actually, um, you'd class it as a learning difficulty. Yeah. Um, and it comes under, in terms of schools, the special education needs system. So many people will know the autism spectrum is incredibly, incredibly wide. Um, I'm actually on the higher end of the spectrum, which means I'm high functioning. So to many people that meet me, mm. I come across as chatty and normal, whatever that means. Yeah. But I tell people if they were with me 24-7, they'd see that I was, I was different. I only have to come home to my flat and you'll see that I'm different. Different and in what way? My main difficulties are reading people. So I struggle to read people's facial expressions. I have a habit of thinking people are constantly against me and judging uh, the, the real kind of feeling they have towards me. Um, I have my obsessions. We become obsessed with things quite quickly. We become used to a sense of routine. And when that routine um, is taken away from us, it becomes quite difficult. Um, and on the, any of the lower end of the spectrum, where those on the lower end, some of them are actually mute. Some, pe- some people on the lower end of the spectrum just don't speak at all. Mm. And they have a real struggle to communicate at all. Um, but, as a, but as a whole, generally, we find it a bit more tricky to socialise, as well as a lot of people that aren't on the spectrum at all. Mm. Um, and yeah, like I say, it's, a, it's reading people generally. And it's, it, it's also sens- it's a sen- it becomes a sensory issue as well, in that we can get sensory overload. Yeah. Which common knowledge is a lot of it is like over sensitive to hearing so loud sounds etc so 
for those, particularly those on the lower end, if you're on the tube or whatever, for example, mm. that can be quite, quite difficult. Is that something that you struggle with? Um, I'm also on the higher end. I don't really have a tendency to have too much of a problem with the hearing. Mm. Um, although I can't have music on too loud on, on my yeah. headphones and earphones, I struggle with that. So I will absolutely refuse if I'm traveling, listening to music, I'll never turn it up to the volumes when it's over the background noise. And in terms of everyday struggles, how does it affect you kind of day to day? Because I should say as well that um, I also have anxiety disorders. This comes into it as well. But for me, particularly these days, it's obsessive worries, mm. stressing and worrying too much to the, about little silly things to the yeah. point where it becomes physically draining and unbearable um, to the point where I can go home some evenings and I've got pains in my chest. I've got all these thoughts going through my head all evening. Mm-hmm. Um and I have my techniques, like breathing techniques, etc., which I try. But it's always going to be there, and I just can't ever completely get rid of it. While we're chatting, we want to tell you about a new app that we've been trying out called eSquared. It's an alternative to a gym membership, which lets you pay by class, so you don't have to spend hundreds of pounds a month and then feel guilty for not actually going to the gym. You basically put in your location, choose the class that you want, whether it's HIIT, yoga, boxing, whatever, and then choose the one that's closest to you. To help you try it out for the first time, eSquared has given us a code to share with you all. It's POD20 for free £20 credit. All you have to do is download the app and use the code POD20, that's P-O-D-20, for free £20 credit. Because one of the things that I've read is that while autism isn't a mental health condition, people with autism do tend to have mental health issues, or they're more likely to. Mm. Why do you think that is, especially with anxiety mm. and OCD? Yeah, I think there was a study quite recently, a couple of years back, and it mm. showed that it was quite worrying, actually, that those with autism, um, it was mainly speaking about depression and suicide, yeah. um, there's a higher suicide rate with those with autism. Um, and I've been thinking about that, and I was trying to work out why that could be. And I think it's mainly to do with our, our self-esteem, and it's that natural um, vulnerability, if you like. Yeah. Um, maybe we, and from the self-experience, we have self-doubt quite a lot. Um, and so it can be the smallest thing to most people, which will blow up in our head and be this huge, overwhelming worry. Mm. Um, and sometimes you feel like, oh, all hope is lost. And I guess it's that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's quite it's quite worrying. Um, I've also experienced depression and as I say, I've got anxiety disorder and there's been evenings and times when it's been, like I say, unbearable. And I can say, honestly, thankfully, I've never felt that like that. Mm. But um, there's certainly been some scary times when it's all got too much for sure. Because there seem to be some kind of similarities between symptoms of autism and uh, conditions like anxiety and depression. Like you said, you sometimes feel like everyone's against you, which is, I think, common for anxiety as well. You Mm. think, well, everyone hates me. They're all like secretly wishing I would leave the party or whatever. Exactly. Um, do you think that's that kind of plays a role in it or do you think they kind of influence each other? I think it does play a role in it. Mm. Um, I'm naturally very sensitive to most most things mm. and I'm naturally, I'm, I suppose I'd class myself as as a perfectionist, I try to be. Yeah. In an ideal world, we all, want, we all want everybody to like us. We all want to get on with everyone. But we know for all of us, that's just not going to happen. We're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. All we can do is try and be as kind as we can be. But... I know the way I am, although I'm quite light-hearted and fun, I'm not for everybody. But I want to be all the time. And that becomes an obsession. Mm. And so if there's been a time when I felt like someone is against me, I will go home and think about that all evening and um, for a few days probably as well. And that I take it, I take things to heart. I'm naturally just very, very sensitive to things. 
and that can, that can become too much. What do you do in that situation where you are obsessing over it for days? Oh, uh, usually I'll, I'll annoy sort of close friends and family and I'll, particularly to friends and work friends, I'll sort of mm. get on the phone and I'll need to speak to them when they're trying to enjoy their evening. Um, it's been like that a few times over the last couple of years and I know that I get on people's nerves, but um, they they know I've got my, my problems um, and they accept me for that, mm. um, thankfully. Um so I, I just, I'm, I'm a talker. I like to talk to people generally. Um, but there are evenings as well where I just need that headspace. Mm-hmm. I just need to be by myself. And I'm someone I can cope with my own company. I think I've been used to that throughout my life, basically. Um, you know, I've, I've, got, I've got friends and whatnot, but I've always just got by by myself. So it's a mixed bag for me. As I say, sometimes I just need my own space, but generally I, I talk to people. And mm-hmm. often if I am by myself, it's the breathing, breathing techniques, which I'll try. Um, the main thing for me though is distraction. I yeah. need to be constantly, constantly distracted and doing something. If I'm sitting around doing nothing, that's when that's the worst thing for me, basically. Um I'd always remember a conversation I had, and this is one for the Game of Thrones fans a couple of years ago, it was with actress Amelia Clark. Oh yeah. Got, Love her. She's brilliant. We got um I was asking her about, you know, what else she's up to, Wraith and Thrones, and she was telling me about her crazy, crazy schedule. And I'll always remember something she said to me, which just sticks in my mind, was that she said I need to be distracted constantly. Mm. I can't sit around doing nothing because I go mad. For me, it's the same, same thing. Yeah, uh, I hate having myself thoughts. I hate it. It's a scary, scary place. So I need to, I try and go out as much as I can, even if it's just a walk by myself, listen to music, socializing, et cetera, of an evening. I can't be sitting around doing nothing. I'm 100% the same. I think it's quite difficult because when I went to therapy mm. last year, they're very much like, you need to learn to be in the moment and just do nothing. It's like, that sounds horrible. <laughs> I just want to be busy, yeah. always creating something or even if it's just watching TV, yeah. something so I'm not just able to let my mind like run exactly. wild. Yeah. So how have you learned to not do that? Is that just through distraction and what distraction works for you? I had to put most of it down to, 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 to the nature of my job. I think yeah. just being so, so busy in the most probably the most busy and crazy industry you can imagine really um every day is different and whilst for some people autism a lot of us have autism that's that's difficult i think mm. every day is different we like routine um these days i just love it and that keeps me busy to the point where i'm knackered of an evening and i'm just too tired most evenings to worry um so yeah i'll just mostly just get to sleep straight away how do you um, make sure you don't get too run down kind of on the flip um, side of that it's a tricky one because i am I care about my work and so I'm always probably doing I'm guilty of late late evenings and long hours but I do it because I love it and I'm passionate and but you have to be kind to yourself mm. I'm guilty of I try and be kind to too many people and try and help people all the time that the one person I always forget about is myself mm. so I sit there and say oh I'm kind to everybody well actually I'm not because I'm not kind to myself but you can recognize that how do you think you could be kinder to yourself well, um, just you know, the last few days, I've actually been been away on holiday for the first time in ages, which, which has been nice, just to have some real downtime, basically. Mm. Um, and I haven't done that enough, probably, if I'm honest with myself. Yeah. And I realised doing it, how much you know, travel as well. I love and um, meeting new people. I just love it. I always have. Um, but yeah, I need to do that a lot more. That's my New Year's resolution for 2019. Good. I think that's I a good one. Which I won't stick to. I can tell you that now. You can try. No, <laughs> can just try. like saying that. It's actually a priority to look after yourself is a challenge, but I think it's important. I think um, something that a lot of people struggle with when they're being kind to themselves is kind of self-talk. 
Um, for you, what's the kind of voice in your head like? Do you find it more critical or are you able to get kind of distance from things? Very, very critical. Mm-hmm. Very critical. Overwhelmingly so. Yeah. I've always been a self-doubter of myself. Um, very hard on myself. Always put myself down. Mm-hmm. And actually quite verbal as well. So people often say to me, oh, you're not very nice about yourself, Dan, when I'm putting myself down. Yeah. And I'm not sure why that is. I've always tried to think about why that could be. Is it because of difficulties when I was going when I was at school with with you know the bullying etc was it a, an odd way of getting by maybe it's this mindset of if I'm if I put myself down and joke about myself nothing anyone else says to me can ever make me feel bad does that if that makes sense yeah yeah I mean it's my my voice in my head is very critical of myself it always has been probably always will be sadly um but it's only been over the last few years where I have believed in myself a lot more and um, doing certain things throughout, throughout whether it's work or my personal life, that I can know I can be proud of and recognising those moments and actually stopping to think about those moments a bit more, which I don't do that often. How do you think autism impacts that self-talk and that voice in your head? I just think it's the, the, it's the obsessive worries we spoke about earlier. Yeah. It's that constant, you know, they just won't go. Um, and they're always buzzing around my head throughout the day into the evening. Um, it's that thing of, you know, thing I think about when I go to bed at night first thing i think of when i wake up in the morning mm-hmm. it's always there uh, i mean it, it's obviously it's not it's not schizophrenic but it's no everyone it's a self has voice. A voice. Yeah, yeah 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 um and that's why with the distraction i love that because if i'm by myself it's scary i hate it yeah those thoughts scare me sometimes um those negative thoughts yeah. i think that's just, yeah common um, that's yeah. it and it's i know myself with the autism it's always going to be there i can't get rid of it i'm always going to have it but it's about trying to find those techniques that help me overcome those barriers in the best way I can. Mm-hmm. When were you diagnosed with autism? It was uh, 2008. I was 14. Okay. Another is that common, that kind of age range? It is actually, yeah. 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 And also uh, with, with males as well, more, more so than girls. Yeah. Um, there's a big thing at the moment going on, a lot of campaigning around trying to get more easier diagnosis for females in mm-hmm. particular. Um, but generally the age kind of, I think, is between 10 and 16. Um, and so... But more people are getting diagnosed during adulthood now, which is great. I think all the, the awareness that's out there in the media is really helping. Mm. Um, but yeah, the classic sort of autism trait is many of us have got good memory. So I'm often able to remember the certain dates and times that I had diagnosed, was diagnosed. How did they diagnose it? What did they kind of spot that pointed to autism? It was, I was in year nine at school mm. and my parents, my teachers, my grandparents, friends, could all see that I, my behaviour was changing. Mm. But when I really dig deeper, even when I was younger, age my primary years, the traits were there. It, and things like I collected like most random things like snow globes and little toys from cereal boxes and I'd put them all on a shelf in a certain order mm. and I could tell if someone had moved them. My brothers, I lived with three brothers growing up. They oh used God. to <laughs> drive me mad. They'd wind me up, they'd move them off the shelf move them up, and I'd know if something got moved. Yeah. I became obsessed with things like weather and thunderstorms. I used to have a fear of thunderstorms when I was younger. And this was, this was so ridiculous looking back, but this was me. I'd literally phone up my grandparents saying, have you seen the weather? Have you seen the weather? Have you seen the weather? Is it going to thunderstorm tonight? Is it going to thunderstorm tonight? And it was these constant questions. Mm. I'd be phoning them up a few, a few times a day. Another big one was hygiene. I'd, I'd used to worry about getting sick. Still mm. do. Hate it. And so I'd be washing my hands constantly and I still do that today and my skin is still not thanking me for it. Um, but it was definitely during school, secondary school, year nine, sort of mid midway through when the behaviour was changing. I was getting myself into trouble at school and th- th- people just knew this wasn't Dan. Dan has always been a really well-behaved, kind-mannered person. Mm. This isn't right. And they 
you know, I was getting put on behavior report at school and then something just had to change. And so, um, and I really thank my, my parents for this on reflection. They really, um, fought for me really hard and I wasn't really that grateful today. I didn't really show it back then as I should have done. Um, but they really, really fought for me. If they hadn't, I would have struggled big time. So my, we went to see my GP, my local GP for um, an initial kind of just assessment. And then it was basically referral after referral after referral. I lost count. We were going all over the place, different assessments, referrals. And at the time I remember, because I hated school so much, just seeing it as a way to get out of school. I was Sweet. loving it. Yeah, yeah. basically. Um, and eventually, I think it was, yeah, during the summer of 08, I got the official diagnosis and was diagnosed with autism, OCD, dyspraxia, and also Tourette's ticks at the same time. That's really interesting. Yeah, as well, all together. So it all come at once, which is a bit of a nightmare. But at the time, I didn't really know too much about them. Yeah. And then eventually, basically, it was really lucky, ended up getting um, cognitive, cognitive behaviour therapy at uh, Guys and St. Thomas's Hospital with a specialist uh, psychologist, which I was very, very lucky to get. And uh, that became a routine in itself. It was basically three months of every Wednesday. Mum and I would go up to London I'd leave school early, used to love it. And then um, we used to get, have lunch out. We'd go for a coffee and a cake after, and it just become a weekly thing, which I loved. But the the psychologist was was brilliant. She mm. couldn't have been more fantastic. And she made it really easy for me to open up to as a 14-year-old to her. And it was just, she taught me all these different techniques around my thinking, um, things like balanced thinking, thinking about the positives and the negatives. That was just so helpful. How did you react when you were diagnosed with quite a few mm. things all at once? If I'm being honest, I, I, it didn't really bother me. Yeah. It didn't really bother. I think so much was going on at school and I just wasn't really enjoying it. These were just for me, just words on paper. Mm. I didn't really think about them too much. I think for my family and, yeah, family in particular and the teachers as well, it, then it, things all made sense. Yeah. You know, Dan's not a bad kid. He's, there's things here that are causing trouble. And also the bullying as well. You know, I was, it was horrendous. Some of the bullying that went on, um, actually on reflection and, and that didn't help at all. And I think when I got, the diagnosis and statement the kid other kids kind of latched onto that and maybe use that against me as well and took advantage of me and i was very vulnerable so did the bullying kind of continue after mm, that yeah definitely all, all throughout that the school life really was horrendous oh, i mean awful. it was what didn't help and i can admit this now i was a huge fat kid basically at school fat as anything and so uh Later, later years lost a lot of weight but that didn't help because natural target mm, that makes that. Your yeah um and so it was all quite lots of verbal pushing uh pushed over beaten um i remember in art class having swear words painted on my back the one of the worst things which really sticks out was a guy put sandpaper on my face in woodwork class and cut my face uh, and i just remember that walk across the playground every day mm. being filled with fear i i was crying most days when I got home, crying into my sofa or couldn't leave the car, basically. Um, and I'm not really sure why it happened, but it did. Um, and I don't mind talking about it because it, bullying still happens. And sadly, yeah. I think it always will. Pretty horrendous. Yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, it yeah. sounds awful. I think, again, you were saying you're lucky that you had parents and teachers who fought for you. Yeah. And that's absolutely true. I think a lot of times kids are bullied. They react by kind of misbehaving. Mm. Or acting out. Yeah. And a lot of times that's just dismissed as like, oh, they're just being boys Absolutely. or whatever. Yeah. So it's amazing that they actually I mean, went through those steps. People, some friends and sort of said to me, you know, my dad was sort of said, oh, yeah, fight back, fight back. Because my dad had bullying at school and he would always fight back. But it mm. was just never, it's never been in my nature. Yeah. I was always a softie. And looking back, that didn't help my cause being a softie because people know they can walk over you. I just was trying to smile and bear it as much as I could. Mm. And 
had it in my head that eventually this will end. Yeah. But when you're at school, it's like this feels like this is going to go on forever and yeah. ever. Like a never-ending tunnel. Well done getting through <laughs> it. Like, I think bullying leaves such yeah. mental scars. And when you have it does. mental health issues on top of that. Yeah. It's even today, it's yeah. just dented my confidence completely. Exactly. I'm not surprised that you're still kind of self-critical because I think you would be. Yeah, I think, like I think so. It's interesting now, if I bump into someone now who I was at school with, who I could, someone that did pick on me at school, mm. would have a fantastic adult conversation. Now they'd be very lovely to me, very, you know, kind about what they say. And I'm, that's fine. You know, I'm willing to have a chat with people now. I hold no grudges. Life's too short. Obviously, you never really forget. You're yes. Gonna, those things were always going to be there. But I try and look on it in a positive way and let it all, we'll all let it be part of the journey, basically. So you're say. much nicer than I am. I'd be like, don't talk to me. <laughs> How dare you? You're so much nicer than would, I am. Don't worry. Yeah, it's just, um, it's difficult yeah. to look back because you can't really explain it a lot of times with bullying. It's like, I mm. still don't know why it happens. I don't know why people do it. I'd be, I'd be interested in books that are about this or yeah. in documentaries if there's any around. That, Same, actually. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone's listening and would like to recommend, please tweet we'll us. We'll start one ourselves. Yeah, done. Because I think it is um, mm. it needs to be talked about more. Yeah. It's not just like something that's part of being a kid or whatever. It's no. serious. No. Okay, so going back, you had CBT. Mm. Did you find that helpful at the time? I did, yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, really, really helpful. She, uh, Dr. Doctor Myers, her name was, she was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It's just such a kind-hearted person. Um she just made it really easy to open up to. That's what I needed. And most sessions, it would be me and her for an hour or two, just alone. There were a couple of sessions where she, there was one session I remember where she brought my whole family in. Basically, the idea was, my, it was all my brothers, my parents. The idea was to, <laughs> for them to open up at what I'm like at home. So yeah. she got a real clear picture. Um, that was, yeah, I felt like almost like piggy in the middle there. Yeah. They were coming out of everything. And I was kind of like, yeah, but you, you guys, you, you brothers, you haven't helped me all the time, basically, you know, but um, that was funny looking back. What kind of thing were they saying? Just my, what I do, basically, in mm. terms of my obsessions, washing hands constantly, asking ridiculous questions all the time, irrational fears, basically. Yeah. Me and my possessions, et cetera, lo- get, losing my temper if things have been touched. And I was, I was, you know, I was pretty severe, particularly when I was younger, about mm. my possessions. That people, I didn't like it when my things had moved around and uh, I'm fine now, but back then it was back then for sure yeah. and it's interesting to see it from an outside perspective mm. um do you still go to the cbt now are you having any therapy not at the moment not now no the last few years it's all been kind of, i've just tried to be as independent as i can be yeah. now i'll just if i know i need some help i'll look up some techniques online um email i've also got a couple of emails for people that i've worked with before who i can put be in touch with if that's a phone conversation i try and I haven't felt like I've needed CBT in person mm. um, over the last couple of years, which has been which has been nice. But all the techniques I was taught back then have really helped me today. What are the techniques that you still use today? Mainly now it's the breathing, it's the balanced thinking, it's looking at the other side. So if I've got those negative thoughts in my head, it's looking at the opposite. Well, actually, I'm always thinking about the negative. What about the other the other poss- possibility here? Um, the main the main thing I worry about now, as I think I said earlier, is worrying about what others think of me. Mm. And I just can't get can't get rid of that. So I've been thinking about what what can I do to try and help that. And then a technique I've had recently was it was the the evidence and facts checking. Yeah. And this is all around writing down what the worry is and then worrying, are there any facts to back that up? So if I walked away from a conversation and think in my head, well, that person didn't like me, writing down, is, are there any facts to back that up? Is it all just the way I'm reading somebody? And then when you write it down on paper, it all makes sense. Yeah. But imagine like, because part of autism is mm. struggling to read things and misreading yeah. things. So 
yeah, it makes sense that you'd struggle with those kind of anxious thoughts. Absolutely. And I think it has. And I think what's helped is over the last few years since I kind of moving into the industry, I always wanted to work in, mm. meeting new people every day. As I say, I love that. Um, and that's really helped me as well. I, I, you know, my job is I've got to socialise. I've got a choice, you know. And so that's really, really helped, I think, because I'm meeting, you know, different person- personalities every day, mm. which I love. Does that ever feel overwhelming at all? It can do. It can mm. do, if I'm honest. Yeah, sometimes if I'm, you know, in a big situation with lots of people. At school, it was always school assemblies, my, my worst nightmare. That's I my anxiety. Those. Yeah. Yeah. So when it's lots of people together. I think it was because there were lots of people around me who weren't particularly pleasant. Yeah. Um, that's why the worries in my mind and I had to leave. I couldn't do exams with other people, etc. But now there are occasions where, yeah, I'll be honest, I just need some time by myself to calm down. Mm. Um, but generally I just crack on with it. So I think that was a really interesting conversation. We haven't really had anyone with a neurological condition or a physical condition on the show because our focus is so much on mental illness. And there is a clear line between what is officially a mental illness or a mental health issue and what's a neurological thing, what's a physical disability. But those things do intersect and they do affect each other. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, please contact the Samaritans on 116-123 or go to the website at samaritans.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review on iTunes and you can give us a follow on Twitter at Mentally Yours, your spelt Y-R-S. We also have a Facebook group if you search Mentally Yours. Thanks very much to Sam Bonham, our producer. Thanks to Lucy Baker for the jingles and thanks for Daniel Park for chatting with us today. See you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.